Welcome to the World Resources Institute podcast. I'm Lawrence McDonald. My guests today are Paula Caballero. Paula is the Global Director for Climate here at WRI. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And David Wasco, the Director of our International Climate Program. David, nice to see you again. Welcome back. Great, thank you. You're both getting ready to pack your bags and head to Marrakesh, Morocco for a meeting of the Conference of the Parties, the big annual UN-organized global climate chat fest. Uh, most of our listeners know that last year was really a landmark year. Uh, the world agreed to take action on climate the first time that we have a universal agreement endorsed by nearly every country in the world. And we have some significant targets, including an aspirational goal of keeping climate below a 1.5 degree threshold, keeping warming below a 1.5 degree threshold. And since then, enough countries have said, yeah, we're really going to do this, that it's officially coming into force. What does that mean for what's going to happen in Marrakesh? Can people show up and say, great, we're all done, we're going home, is the problem solved? Paula? Thank you, Lawrence. No, on the contrary, what that means is that countries um, are signing up to this agreement and making it legally binding for themselves. So they're saying that that goal is not so important, that they're willing to make sure that it is legally binding for themselves, for their economies, for their societies. And what's really exciting about Marrakesh is that now that we have official entry into force, there's renewed momentum in Marrakesh to define the rules and the procedures that will make sure that we can implement what we agreed to in Marrakesh. Because it's not just what we agreed to, but how we get there. And how we get there has to be short, and it has to be sweet, and it has to deliver on many fronts. Because time is short, we need to be able to turn the climate equation around as soon as possible to avoid the kind of impacts that we know are associated with climate change. David, how are we going to know if Marrakesh is a success? A lot of us who don't get to go to these meetings, see everybody goes off, there's a lot of updates, it's really hard to follow what's going on. At the end, we kind of want to know, so, you know, are we better off than we were two weeks ago or not? What are you going to be looking for? Well, I think there's sort of two dimensions to Marrakesh in a lot of ways. One is what you could call the celebration, the other is the implementation. Um, so the celebration is that the Paris Agreement is going into force, um, as we just mentioned. Um, and we've got um, now over 90 um, countries that have joined the agreement formally, more on the way, um, and almost two-thirds of global emissions. So um, this is really entering into force in a way that I think demonstrates the broad global um, support politically for climate action, not just this agreement, but really taking action on the ground. And that's going to be celebrated in part um, in the form of the first meeting of the parties to the Paris Agreement. So that'll be on um, November 15th. And I think that is a big moment in a lot of ways. So that's the celebration piece. And it's important because this work can be pretty discouraging, right? So when we make some progress, it's important that everybody says, it's, yeah, we're actually moving yeah. forward here, right? It's, it's good to, yeah. to raise a big hurrah for sure. Um, and then the other piece is the implementation, and this is really an action and implementation cop in a lot of ways. We now have this momentum, and we really have to take that momentum forward and do some really concrete things with it. Um, you know, we've joked here about uh, everybody in Paris was holding hands, now they have to pick up shovels. And I think that really is true. Um, and part of that has to do with getting the details of the Paris Agreement right. It's sort of like going from a law to the regulations that really put the nuts and bolts in place and get it implemented. So things like transparency um, rules so that countries are really talking about what they're doing and they're sharing of information and we can figure out how to help them get where they need to go. 
um, the what's called the ambition mechanism in the agreement that countries will come back every um, five years and really putting in place the right process um, for that. And this isn't stuff we're going to agree to in um, Marrakesh, but we need to get the process going. We need to get that discussion going in a good way. And then we also need out of Marrakesh a, a clear agreement that we're going to end that conversation at a certain point. And that point should be 2018, that we'll really, we have this momentum and we need to get those rules done right, but we also need to know that we're going to get them done in a timely way um, in the next couple of years. So jargon alert for our jargon allergic listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of the genius of Paris was it was built around these nationally determined contributions. Countries said, this is what we commit to do. Uh, that's become a term of art called the NDC. And uh, here at World Resources Institute, we've spent a lot of time working on something called NDC partnership, which is going to help some countries to implement these nationally determined contributions. Paula, can you tell us a little more about the NDC partnership that WRI and I gather Morocco and Germany and a number of other countries are going to be launching in Marrakesh? Um, with pleasure. The NDC partnership is a recognition uh, that what I was saying earlier, that we have to move really quickly to implement these action plans in order that we can get the kind of temperature or avoid the kind of temperature increases that would otherwise happen. We need countries to implement things differently. They need to be implemented more ambitiously. They need to be implemented at scale and more effectively. So that's a lot to ask of countries. And so there's a recognition that the support that's provided to countries to implement these plans also has to be different. It also has to be bolder. It also has to be more ambitious. And that means that all of the different organizations around the world and institutions that are helping countries implement these NDCs also need to come together to provide their support in a more coherent and a more articulated way. So the partnership is that it's, if you will, an interface or a platform where all of the different uh, organizations and all of the different actors that are supporting countries in this very ambitious undertaking can come together and ensure that they're being more responsive and better res responding better to a country's need to implement the NDCs. Because if you look at the NDCs, it's actually a very um, ambitious undertaking for countries. It means transforming entire economies, entire sectors, doing things in a way that is low carbon, more resilient, and if done properly, it can also mean better development outcomes. It's going to be good for people's health, it's going to be good for cities' competitiveness, it's going to be good for the productivity of the agricultural sector, but all of these are big undertakings, and the partnership recognizes that and wants to help countries deliver on this promise. So, David, would you think it would be a reasonable summary to say that these NDC, nationally determined contribution, the NDC partnership, is a sort of clearinghouse for money and knowledge about how to proceed? I think it's really about um, about partnering, really, in a lot of ways. It's about bringing together these multiple actors. We've got developed countries, developing countries, some that might think of themselves in the middle of those sort of two um, categories. And we've got some important international institutions, um, uh, the UN Development Program, UN Environment Program, and the World Bank, among others, that are going to be part of this work. And it's really, I think, about connecting up the dots and making a whole that's greater than the sum of the parts 
um, by really focusing on how can these various folks work together effectively, how can they maximize the resources that are out there and the efforts. So there's a lot of stuff going on already. So it's about really making sure that it's all working well together, that we're finding some of the gaps that might exist and figuring out how to fill them, that we're identifying the opportunities and making sure we push into those spaces. So it's really about that kind of, and we're putting up a web platform um, during the COP that will show what are some of these funding initiatives out there? What are these technical assistance programs? And how can we really um, leverage all of that to greatest effect? Sounds like a great program. Um, I'll make you a deal. We'll wrap up now. I know you're both very busy, but when you come back from Marrakesh, let's get back together again and you can tell us how it went. It great. would be a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. I've been uh, talking with Paula Caballero. She's the Global Director for Climate at the World Resources Institute, and David Waskow, the Director of our International Climate Initiative. David, Paula, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thank you, Lawrence. I'm Lawrence McDonald with the WRI Podcast. You can hear us on iTunes, Stitcher, and elsewhere. Uh, tune in next time for another interview. Thanks very much.